Fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome into the program. What's up? It's a brand new week, a brand new day. It is a Monday, the greatest day of the entire week, and I say that with no sarcasm in any way, shape, or form. This is the day, baby, where we carpe diem all over the place. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Welcome into the program. It is the Voice Reason. I am Andy, who's your broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch, listen to the program, hang out with us each and every day. We love you to death. Thank you so much, your Millennial General, reporting for duty like we do every single day. Holy cow, what a weekend it was. I did something that I very rarely do on the weekend, and that was absolutely nothing. I did my weekend local program here in the Wichita, Kansas area, which was very brutal with the cold that I had, the sinus garbage that I've been battling for the last week or so, and I'd had enough. Done. I'm over it. No more. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. So after the program, I went to the local Hispanic market, and I got as many peppers as I possibly could, and I went home, and I made one of the largest batches of my homemade extremely hot Hoosier Nendez salsa. (laughs) and which is very I'm not going to give away the recipe because actually we're going to start selling it I think a little bit on the side uh, because I've been told to do so so we're going to give it a shot but I made a very large pot of some really intense salsa and I ate it on Saturday a lot and it didn't turn out quite as hot as what I wanted to because I tweaked the, the recipe that I'd usually do just a little bit and it calmed it down for whatever reason was not anticipating that I think it was just because I did a larger batch and didn't throw enough of the hot uh, enough of the hot peppers in there But it turned out decent, and I ate it, and by Saturday, I was not sniffling, I wasn't sneezing, I wasn't drippy, I wasn't doing any of that garbage. It was done, it was over, it's still on its last leg, but man, we are so much better. I am no longer hyped up and just cloudy mentally with that brain fog from the Dayquil and all the uh, mucinex and all that other garbage. I'm telling you, the best way to do it is the El Natural ways, which is just make a large pot of really, really hot salsa and chow down on it, and you will have no more issues whatsoever. So I rested, I watched some movies, I made some salsa, and that was my weekend. That was about it. Hopefully you had a great one as well. You got to recoup, get ready for another one. The final full week of February, which I know is hard to believe, as time continuously moves faster and faster each and every day. Welcome into a bottom of the hour. We have Rebecca Terrell. She's one of our favorite guests on the program. She is the one of the contributors to The New American, which you can find at thenewamerican.com. We're going to talk about some of the latest current events with her, but she also has some great commentary and her latest piece regarding the full video of the Tyree Nichols incident that happened in Memphis, Tennessee, as law enforcement is under the gun for that one and law enforcement across the nation calling out the actions that were made there and why Tyree Nichols actually, you know, didn't really do anything wrong in that incident, which is a rare occasion. When we hear about all the hate and the racism of law enforcement and how they go after, you know, minority individuals, I have a really hard time getting on the bandwagon for a lot of that stuff. This one, though, a little absurd, and most law enforcement has called that out nationwide. So we'll get to that along with some of their issues coming up in just a little bit as well. We have the latest survey that shows the vast majority of Americans still support capitalism over socialism 
which is a complete reversal from what we saw just a couple years ago. So, <laughs> so we have that, and uh, there we go. Uh, so we have that issue as well. Also coming up, we have uh, the latest on the campaign trail with Donald Trump, with Nikki Haley, and some others as well. So a lot to get to today, a lot of things going on, and I always appreciate you hanging out with us as always. I want to start off, obviously, with the big news of the day today. What's trending today? Which is, of course, Joe Biden heading out to Ukraine in Kiev. Not going to spend a lot of time on this because I think that's a little absurd, but nonetheless, it is he is out there, and I really don't care. The weird part about this is that the media really is the ones making the bigger deal out of this than anybody else. Now, if you remember during the State of the Union a couple weeks ago, and then you remember the response to the State of the Union just a couple of weeks ago, we had... Uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders that gave the response, the Republican response to the State of the Union and mentioned in a story, which I thought was a beautiful story, of then President Donald Trump going in the middle of the night to Iraq or Afghanistan or wherever it was, meeting some of the soldiers, talking to them, surprising them completely because it was in the hot zone and no one was to know that he was going to be there because it was very dangerous and the President of the United States probably shouldn't have been in that area. But there was it was a special event, and he showed up, and he surprised the soldiers to give them the hoorah, to get them all rallied up, to get them ready for their big mission that was coming up in the next day or two. That was a great story. Now we have, and by the way, the media didn't cover it. Even after it was released to the public, they didn't know, they didn't know how to respond to that. Just they mentioned nothing. Donald Trump's still evil. He's terrible. He's a horrible human being. They didn't mention any of it. So now we have the Biden administration, who doesn't do that for our troops that are in harm's way. But instead, he does it for the Ukrainians, and he does it in a little bit different fashion. Now, he goes to Kiev to meet President Volodymyr Zelensky of the Ukraine, and he's apparently there to give them moral support or something. I don't quite know why, because I don't know why the President of the United States would give Ukrainian soldiers morale. Now, this still may be controversial on the Republican side of the aisle. I don't know, but I'm still in support for the most part of Ukraine over Russia. While both of them are corrupt, while both of them are evil, and I really don't want anything to do with either one of them because I just don't care anymore, we've done our part. We've helped out Ukraine. I think we should have helped out Ukraine. I'm glad that we did. But now we're starting to push the line of how much and how much further do we actually continue to go in this mission. Um, but I will never, ever, ever stand by and be like, oh, Russia totally could have taken them over. And Russia's in the right here. They're not in the right Uh, Vladimir Putin is still a crazy communist dictator. He's still trying to reunite the Soviet Union, and he's threatened nuclear war across the world if he doesn't get what he wants. He is a tyrant that needs to be completely eliminated, period, end of story. But just because I don't like Russia doesn't mean I have to support Volodymyr Zelensky as well. He has been a great patriot to rally his troops. He has been a great beacon of light in his country to try and rally his people to fight for their land, which is what it's all about, and that's about as far as it needs to go. We've sent them support over the last year. We've sent them money. We've sent them whatever else. Why in the world do we have the president of the United States out there with Zelensky? Not only that, he announced it to Russia, which I can see why. Okay, hey, you know what? We're going to be over here, which either helps or hurts the situation. Not quite sure yet. But in broad daylights, walking around Kiev with the president of Ukraine. Now, the media is hyping this up as kind of like the next Caitlyn Jenner. He's bold. He's brave. 
He's historic. It's timely. It's the best thing he could have done, by golly. The president of the United States standing strong with the president of the Ukraine. Headline on Drudge Report. Historic, timely, and brave. Why is it historic, timely, and brave? If it was brave, it would be during a hot zone where he would have to go in in the middle of the night like Donald Trump did in the Middle East when he went to support our troops. It's historic, I guess, because the president went into a war area or a war state at least. But you know it's secure. You know it's safe. And I'm surprised that Joe Biden even knew how to pronounce Volodymyr Zelensky's name in it. So outside of that, I don't really care. Does anybody else really care? I don't really care. We don't care and with that, let's move on because that's all we have to say about Joe Biden being in Ukraine. He was there for a day. Apparently he's leaving today, I guess. I don't know. Maybe he's sticking around. I don't really care either way. Big news of the day. What's trending today? Here's the bigger one. Is while we can see the hypocrisy in the mainstream media regarding um, everything, really, with politics, with Russia and the Ukraine, with Joe Biden and Donald Trump and how they handle certain issues, the investigations that's going on, we could go on and on and on with the hypocrisy in the mainstream media. Democrats themselves are beginning to backtrack on a certain amount of issues. And I find it kind of hilarious because they can't get their story straight. And when they twist themselves in pretzels, this is our opportunity to take advantage to seize the day, to carpe diem all over this place, if you know what I mean. We we have to take advantage of as much as we can when they end up dropping the ball, which they've done a lot. The headline from Fox News today, Chicago Democrats are sounding the alarm as 55 schools report zero proficiency in math or reading, saying it's, quote, quote very serious. Let me repeat that again. There are five, 55 schools in Chicago alone, in the state of Illinois, that have a zero proficiency, not a C or D plus, a zero. That's below an F, by the way. That's like a Z, I guess. Uh, zero proficiency in math or in reading and their public education. Now, remember, this is the same state that just a few years ago had to officially file bankruptcy because the two biggest expenses in the state of Illinois was public education, their K-12, through and their pension plans, which has a lot to do with their teachers and their teachers' unions and all the other workers for the state of Illinois. They bankrupted themselves. 100% of their budget went to public education and pension plans. And you're telling me that with 50, 60, 70% of the state budget going to public education, they have a zero proficiency in their public education system, which even Democrats are starting to say is a problem. I believe this is something that is a byproduct of some of our policies that we're taking during COVID. In fact, um, my congressman, Congressman Jonathan Jackson, coined the phrase COVID learning loss. I wish that I could take credit for that, but I can't. And I'll tell you, this is a very serious issue and one that as a father and as a lawmaker, I'm going to be addressing feverishly. uh, feverishly. So that was State Senator Willie Preston, who is a Democrat. This is a major issue. Now, I want to remind you before we go any further with this conversation, this is the same political party, which obviously may be a little bit different flavor across different parts of the country, but overall kind of the same mindset. They love the big government. They love government programs. When there's a problem with education, what's the two responses you get in every single state? We need more money and we need to start a new program. The two biggest issues, that's what they focus on 
when there's a problem in the education system. We need more money because more money will solve it. And we need a new government program. Maybe we'll increase the administrative state to where we can monitor kids more. We can start a new program to put more pressure on teachers and bully the teachers' unions to make the teachers do more without compensating them even further. Those are the two answers. And, in fact, it's gone so far that if you remember the debate from just a couple of years ago in Virginia with the governor's race there, where they said that parents wanting to be involved in their in the schools or involved in their kids' lives with their education, that they were essentially domestic terrorists because they should butt out and let the schools do their job. Now, that again was the platform of the Democrat Party. They're the ones that despise school choice and competition within schools to be able to raise the quality and raise the standards, have a little healthy competition in the market to make sure that they're doing their due diligence, They despise that. They despise the savings account for school choice. They despise having the parents involved in the system. But yet now that they called out with all of the money that they spend in the education system, especially in the state of Illinois and especially in the city of Chicago, these guys are the ones now saying there's a serious problem here. And, oh, yeah, we should probably have the parents be more involved because there's a lot of kids that just aren't showing up at school and their parents aren't being involved in their extracurriculars or even in their education at all. So it's the parents' fault. Probably Donald Trump's too. I'm sure they throw that in there somewhere. Let me come back. We'll play some more of that audio. Where are they going and how do they weasel their way out of this scenario? We'll find that out when we come back right here on the Monday for The Voice of Reason. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. So we have Joe Biden out in Ukraine, in Kiev, talking to President Volodymyr Zelensky after saying that we're going to essentially do a new deal. The great bailout, just like FDR did after World War II. Remember that? That's where we started with the new deal, where we essentially bailed out and invested millions upon millions upon millions of dollars in Europe to rebuild after World War II. And that's where our socialist programs really started with FDR. Now, Joe Biden has taken it to another level by sending continuous money out to uh, Russia, or out to Ukraine, out to Kiev, with money to rebuild their infrastructure with the ongoing conflict with Russia right now. And uh, while we're spending millions upon millions and billions upon billions of dollars over in Ru- in over in the Ukraine, I want to say Russia, which we are as well. Don't kid me. And here's the thing. This is why people are like, I'm on board with Russia because I'm with Ukraine. No. Here's the thing. First off, uh, Vladimir Putin is still a crazy communist dictator. And uh, the Bidens and the family still have connections with Russia as well. They're playing both sides of the aisle. They're the lawyer that's squeezing both ends of the deal to get money from the from both sides. That's the Biden crime family right now. So don't try and kid yourself that it's only going to one side or another. But they announce to Russia that they're going to the Ukraine. They make a visit over there. All the intention is on rebuilding Ukraine and Kiev and supporting Volodymyr Zelensky right now. While we have right now in Chicago 55 schools that have a zero, zero proficiency for math and reading. Imagine how bad that looks. Billions of now again, money's not going to solve the entire issue. 
and Democrats are trying to come back on the campaign trail and say that, well, money's not the only issue. we got to have parents involved in this, right? So that's what we need just to have parents involved in the system. Well, what I can tell you is, um, one, government isn't the answer for all things. I think that we have what? to re-engage parents, have parents actively taking a role inside the schools when they can be. Um, but in addition, we need to make certain that we bring on, we spend our money in the right way as it pertains to our children's education. Again, that's a Democrat state senator in Illinois, Willie Preston, on Fox News. We need to re-engage parents, and government's not the answer to all of our problems. Wait a second, hold on. Either you're really changing the platform of the Democrats right now, or you're just blowing smoke up our you-know-whats because you got caught in a farce lie. Now they're blaming COVID-19, and they're blaming parents' lack of engagement on the education system, failing with a zero proficiency at 55 schools for math and reading. And they're trying to find a way out because after years and years and years of saying that there are only two options when when the education's bad is that we need more money and we need new programs, some sort of program, some assistance program, some sort of government grant, something to try and help. Then all of a sudden, just give it time and poof, it'll all just go away and we can just solve all the issues here. They've got caught. They got busted. They got caught red-handed with their hands in the cookie jar and they're trying to explain it. Well, parents aren't engaged. This is just two years after they called us domestic terrorists for trying to be involved in our public education system and with our kids' education because, well, as parents, we want to be more involved in this. This is just years after they said that we're domestic terrorists. We're running for for a school board seat across the nation in our local communities because we want to be more involved looking at the curriculum for our schools. Now in the heart of Chicago, one of the most progressive places in the entire nation, they have a zero proficiency and they have to blame it on COVID-19 when by the way they got an additional almost two billion dollars from the Department of Education for COVID-19 relief funding during the COVID-19 pandemic two billion that's with a b just for schools in Chicago alone that they got that they're not utilizing and somehow Throwing more money at it didn't solve the issue. He's right. We need to have parents engaged again. He's right. We need to have the family values together, the family unit back together, so we can educate our children at home. But there's a reason why you also go to school throughout the day. If you were at like a 30 or 40%, you could be like, oh, hey, you know what? We need to bump up our game a little bit, but you guys need to get involved to help. At a zero. That's like worse than my test scores in college when I didn't even show up to class. Give me a break, man. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Turn right it is. Welcome back into the program. Halfway through already. Flies right on by. Fastest hour of radio on, well, radio. Multiple radio stations all over the place, plus TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch, listen to the show. Always love it. Appreciate you very, very much for tuning in here. I still am just rolling the eyes in the media, not calling this out in any way, shape, or form. We have so much money heading out to Ukraine right now. As Joe Biden's out there, Shaking hands with Zelensky. The media calling it courageous. He's like the new Caitlyn Jenner. He's timely and historic and brave and courageous. He's so wonderful going out into Ukraine and Kiev 
with President Volodymyr Zelensky spending billions upon billions of American money to essentially just rebuild the entire country. When at the same time, we see the headline from Fox News, 55 schools report zero proficient, not like 30, 40 percent. We need some help. Hey, parents, get engaged. Let's do this together kind of thing. No, no, no. Zero proficiency in math and reading. And while uh, we've had to battle with years of them saying that we are domestic terrorists, essentially, for trying to be involved in our kids' lives, for running for school boards across the nation to change the curriculum, to fight back against critical race theory, to fight back against some of the LGBTQ issues, the wokeness going on in our schools. After fighting back all of that, now we have legislators in Illinois, Democrats like this Willie Preston, who went on Fox News and said, yeah, it's a major issue. I'm really upset. No, oh, by the way, parents, where the hell are you? Well, what I can tell you is, um, one, government isn't the answer for all things. I think <laughs> that we have to re-engage parents, have parents actively taking a role inside the schools when they can be. Um, but in addition, we need to make certain that we bring on, we spend our money in the right way as it pertains to our children's education. Man. Wow. Drives me nuts. Blows my mind. And while they say they want to spend more money in the education system, and even though that's not going to solve the issue, he's right. The money's not going to solve the issue. Government's not going to solve the issue. You would think that maybe that would be a little bit of a priority for the Biden administration as opposed to sending, uh, going out to Ukraine and talking with Volodymyr Zelensky. Just, just thinking out loud. Let's get into what's trending. What's trending today? Talking about some of this and a heck of a lot more. Really happy to have back on the program. We love having her as a guest on the program. First time for 2023 back at it. And she's a contributor to The New American. Uh, you can find her online at thenewamerican.com with all her great writings. Excited to have back on here at Rebecca Terrell. Rebecca, how are you today? I am doing great, Andy. How are you? Living the dream. It's always good to chat with you. Happy New Year. What a mind-boggling situation is that we have Joe Biden out in Kiev shaking hands saying we need to spend billions of dollars there, but yet we're not even focusing on our kids and the education system here on the home front with zero, not a 30 or 40 percent proficiency. We just need to work on some things. No, no. COVID and probably Donald Trump has killed our education system in Chicago with zero percent proficiency. That's wild to me. Actually, Chicago is a microcosm of the rest of the country. We, our federal government is in control of curricula nationwide. And we have you know, math programs that say 2 plus 2 equals 5, and we have Common Core, and we have uh, you know, students being taught what to think, not how to think, as in classical curricula. And so what are we supposed to expect? When are we going to wake up and realize, hey, we need to get rid of the nanny state. We need to, the federal government has absolutely no role in education whatsoever. It is completely contrary to the Constitution. And in fact, it is part of the communist uh, system of government. We have to remember that our public school system is based on uh, John Dewey, who went over to Russia, set up their education system, and then came back here and set up ours, our federal, uh, what, what became all of our federal involvement. The way the federal government got involved in schools in the first place was a bunch of uh, red red tape and 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 apron strings, so to speak, because they said, "Oh, we've got to we've got to fund school lunch programs. Mm-hmm. We just want to make sure that the kids have good food so they can so they can think properly." <laughs> and we opened that door. We let the federal government in, and they've taken over. And this is the result. And you know, it it shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone. Yeah. Where we should be in charge, we should be. We are responsible before God for the education of our children, and we're handing it over to bureaucrats in Washington. 
and they were surprised at this outcome. And we're going to have to, honestly, we are going to have to account for this because our the role of the family, the family is the foundation of society, right? Yeah. The family is the foundation of society. The father and the mother are become, the two become one in order to create a family and raise God, God-fearing, God virtuous adults, right? Sure. Because you're, you're raising adults, you're not raising children, you're raising adults. And if you're going to raise adults, you have to teach them how to think properly. Our, our public schools don't do that, but they pass them, whether they can read or not. They pass them whether they can add one plus one or not, right? And then we're, we're surprised at, at these outcomes. I'd say this is a natural outcome. This is exactly what we can expect from rolling over and letting, other, letting the federal government tell us what to teach our kids. Get them out of those public schools. Get them and we're seeing that we're seeing that resurgence. We're seeing that wonderful revolution in homeschooling and parents who are actually stepping up. And I know not everybody can. I know that there are a lot of people out there who would like to and they can't because our whole society is geared toward is anti-family. Yeah, you know, with the with inflation and the and the devaluing of the dollar, and two both parents have to work, and and mother, you know, mothers are told, "Oh, your place isn't in the home." Your place is in the work, in the workplace. No, it's not. God created women. In fact, did you? I read. I read this just the other day. I thought this was brilliant, and I can't believe I've lived all my life and didn't realize this. The word matrimony, it's the the root of that word is the Latin word for mother, matra. You know, mm. you're, and in the the sacrament of matrimony is instituted to make a woman into a mother. That's the basis of that word. I Isn't had no idea. Yeah, that blows my mind. I never even put two and two together either. That's fascinating to me. You're right. Never did. Never did. And that's right there. Just the word itself is it flies in the face of all this same-sex marriage and all that. There's no such thing. <laughs> if if children are a possibility, you know, that doesn't mean, I mean, some people can't have kids. That's different. But people who get together and there's no possibility of ever, you know, if it's not a man and a woman, there's never a possibility of, of children being the result. It's not matrimony. Yeah. Amen to that. Boy, I love that. And you're right. People are, uh, even if they can't, they try so hard to be able to move out of the public education or at least have some type of school choice in their state. I know 29 states have it nationwide uh, where they can go to either a charter or a different public school or a magnet school or even a private school. Or I love the concept of the micro schooling now of just parents in the community of down the street of like, hey, the nine kids that live on the street, we're going to do something, you know, in the backyard and do private schooling that way with the community. That's an amazing concept. I love that idea. I love that idea, too, and it goes right back to what worked before the federal government got involved, right, because our schools used to be very community-based, community-driven, and that was when our students could read <laughs> and could, and, you know, we were producing a, a prosperous society because, our, because students in the United States were some of the top in the world, and now we lag in so many areas, especially the important ones, math and science. Yeah, it's unbelievable. You know, and so you, you're like, why are we continuing? What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and <laughs> expecting different results. We've got to get the federal government out of schools. 
Yeah. Well, and now it's not even at the federal level now. And we talked to a guest about this last week. They're moving it up to the United Nations level to have a universal global type of curriculum to where we can all just have the same across the board. I mean, talk about trying to teach everybody the exact same way and not unique to each individual student. We now want a global curriculum with the United Nations. That's kind of scary. That's absolutely scary. And that is exactly where they're pushing everything. I mean, uh, you know, back in the 90s with President Bush was talking about handing control of our military over to the United Nations, right? But it wasn't just military. The whole the whole concept of all the all of this great reset um, that they're talking about now it's it's a total handing over of every aspect of our society to UN control to world government control. They just had last week. They just had the world government summit in Dubai, mm. and all of those leftist narrative talking points were right up there, and they're talking about replacing us with artificial intelligence. They're openly talking about it. Wow. Openly. So, you know, we have to, we have to wake up. We have to um, take, preserve. The, the really great news in all this is we still do have our Constitution, and our Constitution, our Declaration of Independence acknowledges the rights come from God, not from government. And our Constitution is very much aimed at restricting the size of federal government. There is not a single federal bureaucratic agency that is that has constitutional authority. Yeah. We need to repeal every single one of them. We need to repeal our membership in the United Nations. That was an act of Congress, the United Nations Participation Act of 1945. It needs to be repealed. Yeah. And there's a, there's a bill, there was a bill in the last Congress, I don't know if it's been reintroduced, in this Congress, but back in the 90s, I worked for Congressman Ron Paul on Capitol Hill, and I wrote his um, American Sovereignty Restoration Act to get us out of the UN. And that same bill is being is introduced every single year by another congressman. So we see this; it's it's very hopeful because I mean, if that's continuing, and every year it gets more sponsors and more interest, and people are waking up. And COVID really helped us in that respect. I'm not saying I'm glad COVID happened at all. Right. But it's an ill wind that blows no good. So, you know, it's it's, it's waking people up where people are what they call red pilling. But red pill is not the the final solution. Red pill is just the first step. Exactly. That's well, just the beginning. Go from there. Exactly. Right. That's that's the beginning of it. I mean, once we wake up, now we need to figure out what to do about it. We have a long road ahead of us, even though we're working slowly in the right direction with people. Uh, waking up to that one. Rebecca, we got to take a hard break here. I know uh, we'd, we were going to get you on to talk about something else, so when we come back, we're actually going to talk about <laughs> that issue. But it's fascinating because, I mean, while we're focusing on this globalization and aid to every other nation out there except for us here on the home front to focus on solving our issues, our kids are falling behind and they're blaming everything under the sun except for their own policies that have led to this disaster. So uh, it's pretty scary. It's right. Rebecca Terra with The New American, thenewamerican.com. When we come back, we have some news on the Tyree Nichols case out of Memphis, Tennessee. We'll talk about that, the real video, what really happened in that scenario, and a heck of a lot more right here for a Monday on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, so this is going to be kind of a strange one. We've got a few minutes left here on the program. I've, I've never had this happen on while on the radio before, so a little strange. I had an episode of Deja Vu during the commercial break, and I don't know why. Like, I know I've been here before. I've done this thing before. 
but the st- <laughs> I don't know why. Had a weird case of deja vu. Kind of hit me during the break. So here we go. We're hanging out with Rebecca Terrell right now, the new American, the new American.com as Let's shift gears a little bit and actually talk about this. Just a couple of days ago, all five of the officers that were involved in the incident with Tyree Nichols in Memphis, Tennessee, pleaded not guilty. They're going to go on to court, and uh, I'm sure that we'll get some information on that as it goes along. But the full video has been released from the law enforcement on what really happened there. Rebecca, give us kind of a fill-in here because... I'm still up in the air on how all this happened. I mean, it seemed like individuals were prepared and ready to go and protest and burn the town down, so to speak, when this happened, almost like they knew it was going to happen to some degree. Oh, right. Exactly. Actually, you know, you know, I live in Memphis. I did not know that. Oh, my. So you were in the heart of it. (laughs) That's why I thought that's why I thought you wanted to talk to specifically me about this topic, because I yes, I do live here. And um, the same signs that protesters were carrying in Memphis the night that they released the video, conveniently on a Friday night at six o'clock, which I thought was very interesting timing. But um, the same signs that protesters were carrying here in Memphis were being carried in New York and in all these other places. You're like, wow, they have quite quite the setup there. Can anybody say George Soros? (laughs) You know, that was the first thing that, that comes to mind. And of course, they they actually didn't do, I don't think that the protesters did quite what everybody wanted them to do, or I say everybody, the left just wanted them to do. They, they did block the bridge. Memphis is right on the Mississippi River. There are two bridges crossing over into Arkansas. Mm. They brought, blocked one of them one night. The next night they came back and blocked the other one. So I don't know what that what that proved, but um, nobody was, they didn't do any rioting here in Memphis, which was good. Sure. Even though there were everybody, the, the buildings downtown were all boarded up. Downtown is usually a high nightlife. You know, they, there's a lot of, they've re, really rebuilt the downtown area, and it's a very popular place on the weekends for nightlife. And it was a ghost town because everyone just stayed away and all the businesses shut and boarded up their windows. Wow. So that's what they accomplished. Right. But, um, you know, I, you know, I, I want to say a few things about this Tyree Nichols case because we don't know everything that happened. We, this is being tried in the court of public opinion. President Biden saying it's racist, even though it was mostly black people involved. (laughs) Okay. I think there was one white officer and, and then some other EMTs, but, Anyway, you know, the word on the street in Memphis is this is all gang related because we've had this. Memphis is this microcosm of George Soros' vision for the entire United States of America, depolicing vision. We have had a recruitment crisis for a long time. Uh, We've had lax recruitment standards in Memphis because of that. We're about, at this point, I'm. Last time I talked to one of the policemen, uh, one of the uh, lieutenants, because I actually have reasons to be in contact with them. We have some drag racing problems in my area, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of the go-to for for our community with the police. So, and I talked to them about the about a lot of things. And the last time I talked to one of the lieutenants, we were already above a uh, 1,000 police officer deficit, but wow. like we're short of our of their hiring target because of attrition. And because of the recruitment crisis, because these days nobody wants to be a police officer because you're going to get accused of being a racist and you're going to, you know, get in all this trouble. Um, so they've, they've really lowered their hiring standards. For instance, two of the police officers involved in the Tyree Nichols case have criminal records. <laughs> wow. And they and, you know, one of the officers about the drag racing here that I was just talking about 
one of them who showed up one time while we were having trouble, um, I was describing what was going on. He goes, oh, you don't have to tell me. I used to drag race here myself. They're aware of it. They partake. Yeah, we're we're part of this. Yeah, we do this stuff. (laughs) Well, we and we we actually have them on security video too, sitting there watching the drag races. And I have a friend who tested this out. He called nine one one, sat there and watched. The cops will turn on their blue lights to warn the racers, hey, you've got a 911 call on you, the drag racers flee. The cops are not allowed to pursue them because that could cause a wreck. Right. And that's and they get a cut off the, the winnings of you know, the money that, oh that changes hands in these drag races. Crazy. Crazy. There's a lot of crazy stuff there. There's so much, so many directions we could go on that one. And Rebecca, I, I wanted to talk the whole half hour about that. And we ended up getting sidetracked with education, but it's always a great conversation right. with you. It's Rebecca Terrell, theneweamerican.com. Go and check it out. Being part of that, there's a lot of issues it sounds like needs to be cleaned up. But Rebecca, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. Happy New Year. we got to get you back on again real soon. Thank you. Thank you, Eddie. Always a pleasure. There it is. All right. That's it for today. It's a Monday. Man, back at it tomorrow. We have a heck of a lot to get to. Dr. Robert Malone joining us in a couple of days as well. We'll do some of that. Until then, be your own voice of reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.